0: Yesterday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that Canada is preparing to offer training, high-end military resources, in a pilot program aimed at helping countries train and deploy more female peacekeepers. There were some details that weren't able to be offered as it's still being negotiated with the UN. To talk about all of this, Dr. Andrea Sharon is with us, Center for Defense and Security Studies, University of Manitoba, and on the line with us now. Hello, Andrea. How are you today?
1: I'm fine. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Thank you very much for taking the time. We greatly appreciate. Uh, we greatly appreciate this. Is Canada? Uh, it seems like we're a military looking for a cause here. Is that? Is it that at all, or have we changed direction
1: again? Well, I guess it depends from whose uh, point of view you're taking. If we consider the pledges made by the Liberal government even a year ago, certainly the number of soldiers that have been pledged to UN peacekeeping initiatives is greatly reduced. It had been promised at 600. It's now more likely 200. But I think uh, it's never a bad thing if we stop and think about what it is we want our soldiers to do. Uh, What we don't want to do is treat them like pawns and and decide uh, they can do this, that, without thinking through all of the ramifications. So that there's been a change uh, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a reflection of the fact that uh, maybe political leaders are starting to understand how complicated and deadly uh, UN peacekeeping missions can be and what is the best role that Canada can play.
0: Uh, is, is there peace to be kept in these regions? Uh, has the role of peacekeeper changed over the decades?
1: I think that's an excellent question, and I I think that's one that that many are asking. Uh, Is there a peace to be kept? It is a very different ball of wax now compared with the traditional or classic peacekeeping uh, Canada was involved in in, during the Cold War, where you were simply an interpositional force. You had the permission of the host state to be there, and you were simply sort of reporting on what's happening. Now we're going into countries where you have not only interstate wars, so state-on-state You also have a civil war. You also have the added elements of terrorists uh, involved. Uh, So for whom you're keeping the peace becomes extremely complicated.
0: Uh, You talked about the reduction in numbers from 600 to 200. How is that viewed?
1: Well, I think... Well, it's interesting that the head of the UN Department of Peacekeeping Operation has tweeted, you know, thank you very much, Canada. We appreciate any and all contributions Mm -hmm. you can make. Um, And sometimes quantity isn't always required. What is required is quality. So one of the things that we're looking at doing is providing 200 soldiers to what is going to be the UN's Rapid Response Force, uh, also called the Vanguard Force. And, And these are, uh, are soldiers who will be earmarked to be sent rapidly. Now, by rapidly, uh, UN standards are about 60 days, so that doesn't sound very rapid, but it's, uh, it's a, a function of how complicated this is. But they're highly trained soldiers uh, going in at the beginning to try and get a handle on the situation. Um, that might be the best contribution Canada can make rather than pledging hundreds and hundreds of soldiers um, in in... Peacekeeping operations later on down the road.
0: So, does lower numbers mean higher quality?
1: Well, when you're talking about Canadian troops, you're always talking about a higher quality. Um, the, the, the biggest troop-contributing countries are Ethiopia has over 8,000 right now, followed by Bangladesh, India, and Pakistan, and, and they're, they're not strangers to uh, war and violence, but they are not the same, get given always the same level of training that Canadian soldiers are. So certainly the UN is always looking for Canadian soldiers, Norwegian, Irish, soldiers, et cetera, et cetera, because we often train together, we understand each other's rules of engagement, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's always been this problem of having sort of two tiers of peacekeepers, um, those that are highly trained, uh, often Western allies, and, and where the majority of peacekeepers come, which is the rest of the world that don't always have the luxury capability or funding to be able to train their